Tonight we gather to enter into the three sacred days of, the, of Holy Week, sometimes called the Triduum. Begins tonight on Thursday, continues tomorrow night, Good Friday, and concludes with Easter Sunday morning. The three parts form a three-part, three parts of one continuous service as we continue to worship whether we are here or whether we are somewhere else in between those meetings that we will have here. Heart of the Gospel is wrapped up in these three, three celebrations. As we move from with Jesus on his pilgrimage from his betrayal to his resurrection. The name Maundy Thursday comes from the Latin mandatum novum, new commandment. Because Jesus said tonight, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. May we continue in an attitude of prayer throughout these three days as we continue to watch with Jesus. Holy God, we come to worship in the gathering shadows of Jesus' suffering and death. We come with his friends, the men and women who have followed him in every place and generation, to live once again this story of service and betrayal, of weakness and courage, this night you kneel before your friends and wash our feet, bound together in your love, trembling, we drink the cup and watch. We come to witness your love in action. Sing together. Peace Scripture reading for this evening is John 13, beginning with verse 1. Hear the word of God. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took out, off his outer robe, tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. 
Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who it was who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. And verse 34. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Freedom is in the air tonight in Jerusalem. It is Passover week, much like it is Passover week this year, beginning tomorrow night, 2019. During this Passover week, the great celebration of freedom of the Jews from slavery in Egypt, being set free to a great future, to a great hope in the promised land. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says, through the centuries, as Jews have continued to celebrate Passover, it's more than just a festival. It's a journey that each of us is invited to take from slavery to freedom. We've been talking about freedom a lot. We've been reading the book of Galatians. We've been talking about freedom from the law. We've been talking about freedom to be responsive to God with a sense of grace, to be responsive to God's love. How do you use your freedom? It's a night when Jesus' disciples will watch how Jesus uses his freedom. Here in the upper room, freedom to serve. Later, in the garden, free to give himself to the betrayer, free even though he is bound in Rome's chains. When Jesus called the disciples to follow him, they had little in common with one another. Oh yeah, all of them were Jewish, and a couple of them were fishermen, and some of them were brothers, but the rest came from all different walks of life. 
there was, there were, was somebody who was a tax collector for the Romans, and there was somebody else who was a zealot who believed in the overthrow of the Romans. They formed a community only because Jesus had chosen them each to follow him, not because of something else that they had in common. By tonight, they've had three years or so. They have lived together with Jesus and with one another. They have walked together. They've learned to work together. And the other Gospels tell us they have learned how to push and shove for power from one another. Tonight, everything will change in their relationship. Because tonight, Jesus, the one who is the center of their community, the one who sets the pace for their life together, will no longer be there amongst them. How they relate to one another in tonight's impending crisis and after that is up for grabs. When Jesus is no longer there to hold them together, will they abandon one another? Will they just dissolve back into the local communities and go back to whatever their work was before? Will they turn against one another, somehow blaming one another for Jesus' death? Will they jockey for power as they relate to one another without Jesus? We don't know whose job it was tonight to do the foot washing. It's hard to believe that Jesus and his disciples would have traveled with a servant to do that. Perhaps the washing was usually done by a member of the outer group of disciples beyond the 12, people that we know traveled along with the 12 many times. Or maybe it was a luxury for busy men that they enjoy just on rare occasions to be able to have their feet washed. Did the 12 usually take turns washing feet? Could it be that tonight it was Judas's turn to wash feet? Tonight, nobody volunteered to stoop so low as to wash feet until Jesus, who knew he had come from God and was going to God, who knew that he was Lord over all, took the basin and the towel and went around the table washing feet, probably on his knees, washing away the filth of the day Filth of perhaps the weak. Filth of the ancient streets from animal traffic, from primitive sewage system that was always overflowing onto the streets. It was not his job. It was not the job for a rabbi. It was certainly not the job for Messiah. It's the job for the person in the household with the least status, a slave, or maybe a woman. But Jesus was free enough to put all that aside and to embrace it as his job tonight. As he worked his way around the table, 
washing feet. He knew all those feet so well. They had traveled so many miles together. He knew where each of those feet had been. And he knew where they were headed. He knew which were proud and full of themselves, way too full to wash feet. He knew which were exhausted, discouraged, tempted, inches away from quitting. And Jesus washed one another, one after another, coming closer and closer to Judas. Would Jesus skip the feet of the betrayer? He came to Judas and he washed away all the layers of filth accumulated from Judas's furtive trip across town to meet with the temple police to arrange for the betrayal. He washed away all of it, even the worst of it. And he washed in love and forgiveness. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Do for one another what you've just seen me do for you. To love as I love you, because I love you. Like the disciples, we belong together because Jesus has called each of us. And like them, we may not have a whole lot in common. In fact, we have some deeply held differences. We, had, we have some things about which many of us disagree. But it's not our homogeneity that makes us a community. It's Jesus' love for us. Because Jesus has loved Andrea and Susan and Marv and Meg and Walker. He says, you are to love one another too. Jesus said, my king, my kingdom, don't let the space between you be filled with pushing and shoving and jockeying. Instead, let the space between you be filled with a basin and a towel. Be free enough to do that. Jesus' love was servant love that gets its hands dirty, never thinking, what will I get out of it? Never thinking, I'm too good for this. His love was also in spite of love for people who didn't deserve it, for people who were so hard to love, for stubborn Peter, for recalcitrant disciples, for betraying Judas. No one had earned Jesus' love. It was unconditional. And it was costly love that went the second mile tonight on his knees, tomorrow on a cross. Servant love, in spite of love, costly love. Because Jesus embraced it as his job, it's our job now. What might that look like? What might 
foot washing look like in 2019? What are the opportunities to serve somebody else tonight, later on this weekend? Who's the last person for whom you'd want to wash their feet, whether literally or figuratively? Why is that person so difficult for you? How could you fill the space between you and that person with this? Are you free enough to accept that as part of your job? Henry Nouwen calls Jesus' love first love. And he calls our love for one another second love. In first love that Jesus offers us, there's no shadow, there's no sin, there's no darkness, there's no fault. But our second love for one another almost surely has shadow in it, some brokenness in it. Because the line of human sin runs right down the middle of every human heart. All of our efforts will in some way not be as pure as they would be if it was Jesus doing it. I think that's part of why it is so hard for us to love one another. But Jesus knows that in a, in a world of increasing polarization, the most convincing evidence of the truth and power of his love is not what we say that we believe, but that we act in love toward one another. Loving one another, as difficult as it is, is the central identifying characteristic with which Jesus charges us tonight. Tonight, Jesus stoops to wash our feet, to wash your feet, and he invites us to be free enough to stoop right down beside him and to be his gift to one another. Let's pray. Lord Christ, you know how very hard it is for us to love each other. We have not gone the second mile with most people and with some, not even the first. Deliver us from pride, from withholding love, from participating in attitudes which set brother and sister against one another. Give us the freedom to love as you have loved us. Amen.